0: Welcome on Bonjour DECO podcast, the podcast that gives you a lot of ideas about design and decoration. Uh, so today the podcast will be a little bit different from the other ones because I w- in, I have a, a guest and we're going to do an interview. Uh, so my guest today is Hulda Jonstort here. Huh? Hi Hulda. Hi. <laughs> So I um, wanted to invite her uh, because she's an architect in Iceland and um, the difference with me is that I am not an architect and I am not an interior designer, meaning that I can't, I'm not allowed and I don't have the expertise to work on buildings, to work on volumes and so my job is really to be an interior decorator bringing different elements together to create an atmosphere so i was feeling that was could be really interesting to to talk from an architecture point of view and uh, because we always need architectures um, to start a project so um can just say that we met uh, the first time, Hulda. You came to the studio uh, because I did a presentation on edit his wallpapers. So that's the first time we met, and uh, it was funny because we realized that we had this French connection between the two of us. And Hulda can speak French, so we're not going to speak French today, but uh, we could, we, we could. could actually. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so maybe we could start by. I know that you've got. A lot uh, um, you've got studi- you've studied in many different countries and you've got um, an amazing um, I was looking for my English word parcours. an mm. amazing path, uh, path yeah. Yeah, yeah probably. So I guess it would be interesting if you could tell us more about this. Yes. Um,
1: first, yeah. I want to say I'm happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> no, it's, it's a pleasure. pleasure. yeah it's a pleasure to be here it's always fun to discuss um, yeah. architecture and design and um if i start uh, myself um where do you want me to start yeah what
0: <laughs> what what were your studies what kind of education what yeah, your... so <clears throat> when did you start thinking about being an architect maybe
1: yeah, if I go way back i mean um when I was a child um I didn't think I was creative, but I, when I look back, I guess I was, I was constantly creating something and I was constantly making things and I was playing music and all kinds of things. But um, deep down, I knew that I wanted to, I wanted to create something, but I was not sure what I wanted to be. When I was uh, very little, I wanted to be an inventor. I said, I wanted to invent, you know, things. Um, and then um, just I went the normal path, like all kids in Iceland went to school. And then when it came to choosing universities, um, I think I think I had this thing I had to prove myself to my family, so I had to go to like the most difficult and literature uh, school, which is the uh, Menta school in Reykjavik mm-hmm. here in Iceland. Uh, my whole family has been there, and it was kind of like uh, yeah, I think it was something I need to prove myself. But I knew that my path didn't really lay lie there. So after I had proven myself, I, I finally listened to, to my instinct and went to uh, the technical school in Reykjavik and started mm. learning design after I had graduated with my uh, student's proof, my license. And um, then, um, since always I've been passionate with friends in France, and France I like we, uh, like we <laughs> have discussed, and um, I was committed to go to France to do my bachelor's degree in architecture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, I was not sure I wanted to do architecture. I just, when I decided to take the path of creative, uh, creative path or design. So at that I, time,
0: you were not sure it would be yeah, architecture, I, just creative Yeah,
1: I was not sure. Studies, it yeah. took me a year to decide. Okay. Like I went to this technical school in Reykjavik and it took me a year to decide, okay, what am I going to go to product design or mm. fashion design at one point okay. or yeah. graphic design and then the uh, academic pressure, I guess, from my family or like the um, uh, career uh, focus of my family, I think it kind of pushed me to architecture because I remember thinking that architecture is kind of the most studies you can do in creative field. It's like in, within, you know, um, uh, it's the longest study, if you can say so. And if you're an architect, you have all the license to do everything, basically. If you're an architect, you can do, uh, you have the license to do everything Mm -hmm. as you described earlier. Like you need license to change uh, buildings and and walls. But if I would go to product design, for example, I wouldn't have license to change buildings. That's
0: true. Mm -hmm.
1: So for me, it was kind of a safe choice in the beginning. Mm -hmm. I, I thought, okay, I'll do the most. Difficult st- or like the most um, furthest I can go, and then I can just choose from there and decide if I if I decide after doing my architecture I want to uh, be a um, proto designer I can just do that. But then I um, but then I was committed also to go to France. So and my mom encouraged me to do that and. Uh, Was very, you know, she taught me that in during that time. Like, what's the worst thing that can happen (laughs) when I was thinking if I should go or not go to France to study in French and, you know, to a completely new world. And that's something I adopted to life, like always, and I think mm. still still use it today. Not
0: being afraid of the future, yeah, and daring, just,
1: and just thinking what's the worst thing that can happen if you're thinking mm. about if you want mm. to do something. And I think from then on, I I just always thought mm. like this, which has not been the most practical path, maybe, no, but no. Uh, if you follow your heart, then hopefully you just pray that things will
0: work yeah. out. <laughs> but it's the most exciting. Yeah. <laughs>
1: But I went, decided to go to France to do my bachelor's um, in architecture after one year here in, in uh, the, the technical school of Reykjavik. And I uh, went to Strasbourg um, and I simply I applied in one school in, in Paris as well. I actually got recommendations from an architect in Paris okay. about both the school, one school or two in Paris and then one in Strasbourg. And I applied to all three of them. And Strasbourg was the first one to reply to me, so I just went for it. Didn't even hesitate. Um, and it's a beautiful area. It's beautiful, yeah. 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 And it has no those m-
0: who don't know Strasbourg. Yes, yeah, Strasbourg. <laughs> Strasbourg. Strasbourg with <laughs> a French accent. It's in the northeast of France, and it's all this with a lot of wine, also, and beautiful houses. So mm. I think it's a good choice. It's a good choice,
1: and the From European Parliament
0: is there. Yeah, and it's
1: I I knew I learned so I knew this was a very European city. Um, it's very um kind of international when it comes to France. Yeah, it's quite international, mm-hmm. and it's it's a student town basically. So it was that's, not too big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good to go there to as a as a first timer in, mm-hmm. in in France. Um, yeah. So I finished. I I went there and um. I didn't speak that much French, I spoke some French, but not, you know, fluent. I must fluent. say that
0: I'm really impressed that you <laughs> dare <laughs> joining French courses French yeah. courses yeah. without being absolutely fluent. and yeah. yeah, because French is quite a difficult language, so I'm really impressed that you could it do w- it, right? and dared doing it.
1: It was quite crazy in the beginning, actually. I mm. uh, found uh, my first day at school... I sat next to uh, a a guy that was just became my best friend and he still is a good friend of mine today. Um, and he just took me under his wing mm, and that's... he just, um, mm. he sat next to me and he was just explaining everything to me. Him and another girl, we, the, the, we were like three of us to always together mm. from the beginning. And they were like, whispering to me do you understand what's going on and i said no <laughs> okay this 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 is and we're just helping okay. me through the first okay. months. it was very yeah. difficult but then i passed exams in january after starting school in in mm-hmm. september and i passed all the exams written Great. exams yeah. in french so it was just very very intense first semester and after that things got more mm. more smooth and, yeah. and good So, I mean, at that time, I was thinking what I had learned is the worst thing that can happen is I learn some French and then I come back home if it doesn't work out. But
0: it worked It worked out. (laughs) And
1: I stayed there for three years and did my bachelor degree there. But then I thought um, it was time to change again and try something new. And at that time, I had met my current husband and um, I met him there and and we moved together to... um, uh, the plan was to move to another country in Europe, but we started off by going traveling in the Central America. And then we mm-hmm. went to Iceland for a little moment to gather some money. And then we moved to Spain okay. so that I could do a master's degree in um, what I was explaining to you earlier. Like um, in Spain, I was doing a master's degree in computation in design, okay. which is actually it's called research. Uh, no, sorry. It's called Master in Advanced Architecture. Okay and by advanced architecture it's kind of like robotics and research and Mm -hmm. computation all this kind of like and because it's um it's the school is called institute of advanced architecture of catalonia in barcelona Mm -hmm. and it's um very interesting school very Mm -hmm. cool and and good school but it's research based so it's not academic Mm -hmm. so while i was doing the studies there i met a professor from copenhagen Okay. From this school in Copenhagen, which is an academic uh, program there um, and they have a very similar program that we had in Spain but um, with an academic license so I she convinced me to come over there so because in order to be a legal li- li- uh, licensed architect you need a two year of academic, um, academic studies service, okay. so it's not enough the master I did in mm-hmm. Spain. I knew that before I started, but uh, yeah, we were just interested which, in them
0: uh, you. Got an expertise that yeah no one else yeah it it it, It could be useful later
1: yeah the 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 master we knew we knew that it was not an academic program but it was just very exciting program Mm -hmm. and I wanted to go and that's one of the decisions I made Uh, not (laughs) not uh, practical but just following the heart and (laughs) I (laughs) paid. quite many decisions like this through my life. It was quite expensive studies and it didn't give me the license, but I wanted to go anyway. But it was exciting. And it was fun and and, uh, we had a great time in Barcelona.
0: So you moved to Denmark? Then I moved to Denmark. With my husband? Yes
1: uh after uh, not at the time not well the time. yeah actually it's, it's uh, funny to say this but we got married a year after we met so, okay. it, it, it was at so the he was so he was
0: already your husband okay and
1: we had our first child in in spain as well okay. so everything went really fast from the so beginning so you
0: moved to denmark with one husband and one, one child yeah boy little yeah, boy
1: little boy yeah um and I had I I um yeah so this professor from Copenhagen had she had convinced me to come come to her program and I and I went there and did two years with her actually initially she sold me the idea that um I was gonna get uh the master in Barcelona and evaluate it, so I would have to do one year in, in Denmark instead of two. Mm-hmm. But then when I came to Denmark, I actually found out that you're not allowed to do two master programs in Denmark. So they kindly asked me not to go to the head office and ask f- to okay. evaluate this master I had done before because they might misunderstand and think that I'm doing a second master. Okay, because it's right. not. I was not doing a second master because I didn't have an academic master. Mm-hmm. So they let me through. But if I would go and be like, "Hey, I have this master program. Can you evaluate?" They would be yeah, like, "Uh, wait a minute. You're not allowed to do two masters." Yeah. And mm. so they were like, "Please <laughs> don't say anything. Say anything. Say Just anything. continue <laughs> and graduate. And it's gonna take you two years." And I said, "Okay, that's okay. no problem." So we, I did that, and um, yeah, graduated two thousand and fifteen. So okay. that's um, not too long ago.
0: No, and then you start working. At yeah. that time in Denmark? Yeah. Did you work only in Denmark at that time? Or... Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. So after I graduated, um, of course, I don't know if any architect that is this thing or that has tried this knows that it's really hard to come out of school. Okay. To come out of architect school, you've been in this structure studying, you know, intense courses for, you know, five years of your life. In my case, it was six mm. years. Um And... And then all of a sudden it's like, and what now? And it's high unemployment in architecture. (laughs) So Mm. it's not easy. Mm. And especially in Denmark, there's a lot of things, you know, internships and non-paid internships and all these kind of things. So it's really hard to get into the market. So I started off by doing like a non-paid internship in a small office in Copenhagen. and, And then you then uh, you just progress from just there just to gain you know? experience just and... to get into the market okay. to say that okay. you've been working in an office in, in Denmark and okay. they are also very obsessed with that in Denmark if you okay. don't have experience in Denmark they don't think you're okay. in interesting at all okay. of this thing but then um, actually we decided to have more children and um, while we're in Denmark because it's also very good to have children in Denmark so i gained some experience in 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 an office in denmark and then we had a child and actually uh six weeks into my maternity leave with my first or with my second son um i got a phone call from iceland asking me if i wanted to design their house actually from friends of mine and i just didn't know what i was getting into and i said yes sure you know i'll design your house no problem which ended up being amazing. It was a huge learning curve, and I learned so much. And it was my like uh, stepping stone into into being independent, mm-hmm. just starting and just diving into it and not being afraid. Just just yeah, yeah, yeah. just doing it. Yeah, doing yeah. And uh, you learn most by doing. For mm. sure. You learn nothing in reading or in school. I mean, you can learn a lot of you things know, reading, but, but I. You need
0: experience. You need. You need to, to just do it. Project. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I I was for this maternity leave I was working day and night with a baby so in my arms. It was arms. not a real was,
0: maternity
1: leave. It was not a maternity leave at all. I got six weeks <laughs> and then I started working. Okay. Uh, but it was amazing. I was would not have done it differently because yeah. it was such a steep yeah. learning curve and it was my stepping stone into into doing things on my own. I got me mm-hmm. courage and 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 uh, self esteem so that I could do this and that but then the ball started running from there um three months after i got started this project i got another project in iceland another house that i am still currently finishing it takes a moment to to finish all the all the details Mm. but i mean still finishing the construction they already moved in the house and everything uh, both the first and the other one and
0: less details but
1: there's always like some details to be finished uh so then during um that whole maternity leave, I was just building houses in Iceland um, and um, some smaller project extensions and this kind of things. And then um, I actually, when my second son went into kindergarten, I was pregnant again and that was not <laughs> planned. But that just encouraged me even more. Sometimes you think like, you know, how life happens, you know, and I always, yeah. I always dreamt of being independent. I always dreamt of running my own office and being like, work on my own, Mm. but, um, when is the right time? When are you ready? When do you dare? I mean, it's never, you're you're, never,
0: you're never never sure.
1: Yeah. So this was really like, I don't know, afterwards when I think back, I'm like, you know, I was a little bit shocked when I learned I was pregnant again. And I was like, Oh my God, you know, now I'm, you know, when am i going to, do this and that, but then I thought afterwards you think that, wow, this is actually just pushing me into doing Life more is by myself. sending you some signs. Yeah, just to... because with this mm. I just decided okay, then I'm just going to continue being independent while I'm pregnant. I'm not going to go look for a job when I'm independent. when yeah. when I'm when I'm. Um. So I went all in and for this whole year or nine months of, of pregnancy I was uh, working even more both mm-hmm. on my own houses in Iceland and uh, started working freelancing for an architect firm and Started building relationships in Iceland. Okay. So, and then I, I had my second uh, maternity leave. There's a lot of uh, babies you know, <laughs> at, that, at that period of my life, but um, then I took it a little bit more easy. But after that, I wanted to gain, before, because as I told you before, like uh, my husband is, is uh, not from Iceland, he's from Central America actually. But he has a business in Iceland, so at this time of our lives, he had been pushing to move to Iceland, which believe it or not. (laughs) So, um, but I was the one postponing it. I wanted to stay in Copenhagen a little bit more and get some experience in a Mm. in a kind of a big office before I would dive into yeah Yeah. to to see the different worlds, like Mm. to also experience uh, working in in large office before I would dive into. Mm -hmm. being independent and and like the hustle so i um went out there and and started looking for jobs and and of course like big was one of the offices that came just first to my mind that i would love to to work for them for Mm -hmm. some period of time and and um I knew a person in in off in the Copenhagen office, so I contacted him and he was very excited to get me in and got me to a job interview and uh got me a job there. Mm-hmm. And it went really fast actually. And so I was working for them for um for in 2019 and um and yeah, uh, I, yeah. in the beginning they gave me just that. this, that's very common in Denmark, they always give you this six-month uh, contracts, Contract. you know, they always give you these temporary contracts in the beginning. And then uh, I had been told that at this office, the biggest, Bjark Ingels Group, is one of the biggest offices in the world. It's very sought after and it's very intense. It's very... Um, uh, yeah, long working hours and not that high pay and, you know, these kind of mm-hmm. things that the big offices they very can allow demanding, them. Yeah. Very demanding. And, um, uh, but I was very excited to try it so I went on but I had been told that don't don't expect to get a, a permanent contract because that's just how they work. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of overturn of people and blah, blah, blah. So I just, we decided, okay, let's just do this temporary contract and then we move to Iceland. We agreed that with my me and my husband and then we then uh, we did that and then just before my contract was expired they actually did offer me a permanent (laughs) contract uh, which was very flattering but um, after being there and and having the experience of being in that office i think i was even more convinced that i wanted to open my own thing Mm -hmm. Um, because dedicating uh, my whole life to something i wanted them to be for myself for my own business and i was I think it was very good for me to experience this because I really could, first of all... you for
0: sure that you were not meant for that kind of...
1: I mean, meant or not meant, I think I did a great... I think, I mean, obviously I must have done good because they offered me a uh, contract and and I think I am a very hard worker. So I think I'm a very good employee, to be honest. (laughs) Like I'm the kind of employee I would love to have. I'm very dedicated (laughs) and and hardworking and committed. And Mm. so I, I would... And I function well with people. So I would um, love to to work in this kind of environment. Mm-hmm. It was not the environment. It was more my kind of ego. or I don't know. I don't like to call it ego. Just ambition. Mm-hmm. That if I was going to dedicate 12 hours of my life. Uh, of, uh, <laughs> of my days. Mm-hmm. Every day of my life. Or from I'm going to put everything. All my yeah. energy into something. I don't know. From early on I had just visioned this idea that I could then be my own uh, my own creator like create my own enterprise yeah (laughs) and uh, with that comes a lot of other things other you know um, uh, sides that you have to that you're Mm. necessarily not Good at, like, you know, uh, all the business part of it, but I think that's actually exciting, also. Yeah, to, to the mix of the two, so I would, yeah. So, by having taken that decision to move to Iceland and not taking that permanent contract that big, I um, uh, I said, but then I'm going to open my own office in Iceland,
0: okay? So, now you're in Iceland,
1: so now I'm in Iceland since.
0: Since August August. Yeah. yeah. So half a year. Two thousand nineteen. So still um, still quite new actually. Very new, yeah. Uh, do you already have project in Iceland or... Yes. And I actually have been having
1: project consecutively since also when I was at big, I just took kind yeah. of a pause. But I have never really stopped having projects. Yeah. So I wanted also to use that momentum. That if I was going to open try uh, try my path mm-hmm. in Iceland, uh, I would have to do it while I still have projects because yeah. it's really hard if you have nothing and come and want to start from scratch. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's possible, but it just different. takes more time to mm-hmm. to build up. So I had uh, and right now I am doing a house in um okay. where we're adding a floor, a uh, second floor okay. on an old house mm-hmm. and doing Great. a new roof and and. Uh, everything so that's that's Mm -hmm. very exciting that's for private clients Mm -hmm. i am finishing off some houses that i have designed and and uh, we're doing the interior and finishing like all the details um i'm also doing some smaller projects like extension and and i'm doing like interior decorating and, and this kind of things and I have done my kitchen here and there and smaller things but I'm aspiring to to go bigger and oh, bigger sure. I'm
0: sure, so I'm sure it will it will come very quickly
1: <laughs> yeah hopefully um... and I've been working with um, actually other architect firms as well mm. since I came home as yeah. a, as a um, contractor okay. and that has helped me also to kickstart everything to to kind of <clears throat> make sure I get what I need every month to survive. Yes. Um, so, yeah, and with those projects, I've been doing a lot of like planning projects, and I have one house in it or like planning for a house in the east coast. And, and uh, yeah, I was doing this waterfall project where I have like a walk path to and uh, like oh, a viewing yeah, I've point seen waterfall.
0: on Instagram. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, and that that that's that's for very nice. Yeah.
1: yeah, and that's actually very nice projects because I'm a contractor for an architect firm, but they Basically, just giving the project completely. Mm. So I'm just so as you're if free, yeah. as if it were yours. Yeah. yeah. But it's yeah. just under their name. So, but yeah, fair but enough.
0: You've got the exciting part. So yeah. Uh...
1: I mean, you also just, you know, when you're starting, you know how it is. You need to just secure some income at somewhere. Sure. So it's normal. Yeah. yeah.
0: We were talking about projects. So could you describe us what are the different steps of a project? And I think it could be interesting to understand more how you work on a project so yeah what are the different steps if let's say that i'm calling you for building a house with you Mm -hmm. what what should i expect what yeah how are you working and
1: yeah so um i mean when you want to do constructions or or changes in your home or change something interior adding something to your home or build a new home or Mm -hmm. whatever it is you need to I mean, in in almost all cases, especially if you need to apply for a permit, you need an architect. And your first step is just to contact an architect. Mm -hmm. And then you contact me, for example. (laughs) And then we just start by, I mean, I think a very important job of an architect is just to listen. Mm -hmm. So I just start by listening to the client and just trying to understand all their needs and what they need and what they want. Mm-hmm. And how they live, if it's their house, how they, you know, use their home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can, and, and like the style they like, and I like to come home to people, mm-hmm. to their current home, to see their style. And, and um, if they're going to do changes in that home, then of course I need to come there. But even if they're going to build a new home, I like to just see how they live. Um... Because I think it's very important to create, uh, to make a relationship with your clients and understand them. And so then you can come with Mm. a, then the next step for me is to come up with a couple of proposals. Okay. So then whatever it is, a new home or an extension or changes, I can come with a couple of proposals. Normally it's like three, or four, or five. Whatever. So you mean
0: three very different proposals to make them choose between yeah. different solutions? Exactly. Okay.
1: Yeah. So we try to come, I always try to come with at least one proposal that is kind of just straightforward from their mind. Mm-hmm. Like they clients always come with ideas and they For want sure. it like this and like that and then you know i try to just take that idea and and make it into something that works really well and mm-hmm. looks nice and is like like a, like a holistic mm-hmm. uh proposal okay. but then i always try to, <laughs> to surprise bring, them <laughs> surprise them exactly to come with the one or two or mm-hmm. three if it depends on the size and and the, the scale of the project mm-hmm. um new proposals that are maybe one that is based on their idea but then you know with a twist and bring something mm-hmm. new to it Okay. and then i like to bring something completely different to the okay. table to just the, the yeah the surprise element to try to come with um, new ideas
0: and from your experience what do they choose finally do they choose what they had in mind or do they let be do they let themselves be surprised by your ideas or do they dare
1: it's very different Different between clients it's very different between clients but i think in general when you come to an architect you always want the element of surprise i agree agree. so you want so i normally the Uh, either choose the one that they had kind of planned but the one but that i have made a little twist to it Mm. or the complete surprise surprise, but they rarely choose the basic one Mm -hmm. um and most of the time is some sort of overlap of the proposals okay and Mm. i think that's a very good thing Mm. it's very positive you see something good in here Something yeah. good in that one, and something so, and you bring them all together. But by doing different proposal, proposals, you you bring out um, ideas that you might have not thought yeah, of It's a kind before. of brainstorming, yeah.
0: together, yeah, with the clients.
1: And then you come up with a one. You either choose one, or you or you mix two together, and mm-hmm. then you take that further into mm-hmm. into another. Le-
0: so at that step, the clients make a choice yeah towards one proposal yeah or or, the, or their choice can mix, be a mix sure, of two mix of, yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. so they you come to not yet a final choice but a, yeah a compromise or
1: a kind of decision the choice is always with the client of course so they can always say yes or no but i come up with ideas and try mm. to bring something mm. both practical and beautiful and and uh, fun depends on the project Mm -hmm. you know try to bring something new new ideas so but but um and the next step for of this is just to take that one idea or one concept a little bit further and start designing it down to like practicality to make Mm -hmm. floor plans and and uh, elevations and the looks and from that on, it just yeah choose materials and and mm-hmm. try to narrow narrow it down a little bit further. Okay. And once we have like a kind of one quite, um, it doesn't have to be detailed. Uh, it doesn't have to, all details don't have to be solved, but it has to be you know the basic ideas there, the basic floor plan is there and everything. Then we um, then we uh, proceed into. Um, the application process,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we need to have the the floor plan, the the um, elevations and the sections and all this, and all this I take care of, of course, like they don't, they don't, have so to it's problem. part
0: of your job it's to take care of it, it's yeah. not the client's responsibility to, yeah. to deal with
1: this. It. yes, okay. um, mm. uh, it's um, of course up to, th- I have had clients that take care of this completely, okay. Okay. um and that's uh, very often the client wants to take care mm-hmm. of this they okay. want to be involved they want to you know be have me as a as, as a kind of consultant and but they yeah. are the the
0: they are still very active in yeah. the process and, and yeah. i
1: like that whether they take care of the, the practical part the application part or not like i i i can do it as well I'm, and i'm do currently doing it now for one project um but i really like that the client is involved mm-hmm. and i think that i always talk as we design this we do this we we uh, are creating this yeah. and um, i want the client to feel like
0: he's because he is he yeah. is informing I absolutely agree i'm working everything. the same as, as you yeah. it's always we yeah. we we are team with the yeah. clients Yeah. So it's, uh,
1: yeah exactly so and then it just then on top of that it just takes on the the um the uh, Practical process just to apply for permits and how and, long does uh, it
0: take to, to get a, a permit in Iceland?
1: Um, it depends. If you're doing an extension or changing your home, then normally you have to prior to applying for the construction permit or okay. you know, you have to pr- apply for like neighborhood permits, mm-hmm. which is can take four to five weeks, and then you submit um, all the basic drawings, like one to 100. You don't have to do, do any details, but. Mm-hmm. Then you submit that to um, the city or to the okay. town, and they approve it for that permit or for okay. that um, yeah permit. And then, if the town approves, then it can go for it, then they can go on this special uh, platform where the neighbors are informed that this house is about to do some constructions, and if they have any comments, okay. they can make comments, and. Um, um, that goes on for weeks, I think. And okay. if there's no comments, then you can proceed to apply for construction permit. Okay. And you basically use the same drawings as you did for the. So there's not much more of mm. a drawing. It's more like uh, bureaucracy. Bureau, bureau, so bureau, the construction can start. No, uh, then you can apply for construction permit.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. So,
1: and mm. in order to to to, uh, to apply for construction <laughs> permit my tongue had, then you need to um you first send in the designer designing proposals mm-hmm. you get them approved then then you get the design approved that means okay. that the volume is approved. Is approved. Okay. The size, the scale, the height, yeah, the I guess it everything. It has to
0: respect different a lot of rules. Yeah. Uh,
1: regulations yeah, and sure. uh, and neighborhood rules yeah. and a lot of things that construction and, environment, yeah. construction regulations, everything. So as when the design has been proved, that the fact that it just fulfills all the requirements, it mm-hmm. you know, fits within a neighborhood, it fits in with our, our you know, neighborhood requirements mm-hmm. and no neighbors are against this change or or this construction. Mm -hmm. Um, That's first, and then you you approve the design. And then when you have the design approved, then the phase starts to involve engineers, to involve electricians. Because then you have the design, the layout of the building has been approved. So now you need to get a construction permit. But you don't get construction permit unless you have all the drawings from the electrician okay. from the uh, plumbing you need all the technical drawings all everything yeah, yeah. okay everything from the engineer mm-hmm. uh, f- all the details from the architects then mm. now that comes in like you know all the cost- structural details okay. from the architect okay. and all the plans in more detail all the elevations in more details and all this and then you then you send all of that in with everything has to be signed by the architect also the engineering drawings and the plumbing drawings and everything you have to as an architect you have to be responsible for everything Mm. and you have to approve of everything that this is okay this is according (laughs) to my design then you apply for construction permit and if you get construction permit then you can start digging then first you can touch the ground Okay before <laughs> that you cannot touch the ground. So as we said before you, you that there's a lot of details still to do after you start building. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. But that's more in 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 you know that comes along uh, how are we going to do this how are we going to do mm-hmm. this some details that have not been defined prior. But before you touch the ground do the first that's why it's yeah, very common that architects are like yeah, yeah the first dig now <laughs> because that means that all approval has been made yeah. and now so, we can yeah. start digging you
0: can do it now yeah, yeah.
1: so um so uh, and to get the approval you need to have all the details of okay. the of the how the roof meets the wall how mm-hmm. this how the how the you know handrail yeah. is attached to the staircase you know for safety reasons and yeah, everything but there's still, just with the buildings, they're so complex. There's always, always, always things that have not been solved. Surprises. That you are, <laughs> that you are just solving yeah. along the way, yeah. you know. just mm. And some things need to be solved on site. And, yeah. uh, so.
0: it's, uh, yeah, you need to adapt also. Yeah. So it's a long to...
1: process. So I really like... I'll, there are people still today that go into this process without an architect mm. or without a guideline or without anyone mm. who's been through this before. Mm. And, you know, there's... I don't know maybe for to save money on on people or just yeah. think or just you know don't think it's a it's um
0: yeah I think people just don't think how difficult and yeah struggle it can be just yeah. to to deal this yeah but ourselves.
1: I, I, I would advise everybody to have an architect involved I
0: absolutely agree. It's a um just relief I guess yeah
1: to... it's just so so, so yeah, it's just this process, and everything has to work so smoothly mm. when you're building your house or something. And yeah.
0: when it's not your job, you can't guess also what you're going yeah. to face and yeah. difficulties you might meet. Yeah. Although you've been facing quite a lot, so yeah. you know before they come, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, this will come. So it's um, yeah. So
1: away from the design part, like you know, coming up with ideas, new ideas, yeah. and making the house even better. Mm. It's also just the practical part, practical like having um, all the
0: all the relationships with the different um,
1: yeah, and all the steps of the process yeah. and everything.
0: Okay, that's uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's the that's, kind of path yeah. of uh, that's the uh, a <laughs> <the> big <laughs> path finally projects the so lineup yeah. yeah. <laughs> and regarding project, do you have some projects you prefer than others? Some project that are more exciting for you that you really enjoy doing. Yes, of
1: course we all have our yeah, favorites I know. I know. <laughs> but I think in in general um of what I have experienced or the projects I have because in in as an independent architect, I've done mainly housing projects mm-hmm. um, but uh, what I've experienced also in office, um I feel that anything that i is not tangible to me. Anything that I can't grasp, like it's too big. Mm-hmm. And when I mean too big, it, it's I'm not talking about school or something. I'm more like mm-hmm. if it's a huge master plan, mm-hmm. I lose interest somehow. Mm-hmm. I lose mm-hmm. passion. I, of course, still do my job and I do it well, but I lose my... I can feel I don't
0: have the yeah. same passion. You're losing the purpose of why you're doing yeah. it. All. Yeah. So I
1: guess my favorite projects are just, you know... Uh, I mean, I, I enjoy most doing projects that are tangible, which it can be everything from a housing project to a school project mm-hmm. or to, you know, that are considered big projects here in Iceland. Yeah. But,
0: you know, um, but they're tangible. You know why you're working when with the school. You yeah. know the purpose of it. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, and I guess my favorite, favorite projects are exactly like schools and uh, projects where you can really... Um. Yeah, get involved and imagine and and start being playful. Mm-hmm. And I think also I really enjoy doing individual housing if if I am a if you know it allows for some playfulness and mm-hmm. some creativity and you know yeah. this I think
0: yeah we're back to the creativity yeah what I think that you the, just your favorite projects
1: yeah. are the ones where you have the most crea- yeah. creative yeah. Uh,
0: just like to have fun I guess yeah yeah so. It's, uh,
1: and that's also why I'm drawn to being independent, because then you are you're you are the one who is creating everything. Yeah. you create. Mm. You're not just, uh, answering to someone. No, uh,
0: no that's
1: true. And, and I've been very fortunate because since I came to Iceland, I was um, just sharing an office with my husband. He has his company here in Iceland, so mm-hmm. I got to share an office with him. Um, but then, really early on, I was invited to come to this um, shared office space with a lot of architects. So we are like, um, I, don't, I don't know how many, 40 tables there or something. And all architects, designers, landscape designers. So there's and,
0: a general spirit of yeah. creativeness. And, yeah. yeah. And
1: and the yeah. only the part that is missing that you're when you're an independent is to have co-workers and maybe yeah. someone more experienced and maybe someone less experienced. So that you can learn from each other and you mm. can teach each other, um, yeah. and yes, that's and have work, this atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I really uh, am happy that I have today. Uh, yeah. I have both the freedom of being independent mm-hmm. and and create my own things, but I'm also the environment of of being mm-hmm. surrounded by other architects. You always
0: have someone to talk to about a project yeah. and ask for a different point of view and yeah. different. Uh,
1: and yeah, get experience, exper- yeah, exper- yeah, expertise yeah. exactly.
0: Yeah. We all always stronger with others, and uh, mm-hmm. so. And on the contrary, are there some projects you don't like that much? You say, yeah, just project that. That are kind
1: Yeah, of yeah that not tangible. Not makes sense, but, and, yeah, so Yeah, like I was saying, I I um I did a project when I was at big. I did one project in South Korea. Mm-hmm where I was uh, designing an Instagram theme park. Okay. So it sounds very interesting and it sounds very exciting. And when they introduced the project, I was like, wow, it's the first time I do something, you know, so so crazy, so, so, yeah, big, so and big. And yeah. a huge arena and, uh, and yeah. you know. But I could feel when I started the project that it just somehow, like, it didn't call to me. It didn't, mm. I, I lost, I... I I I couldn't imagine myself in the project. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, Im- uh, I don't, I've never been there first and I've never, um, yeah, I, I couldn't, I don't know, it was not tangible and I couldn't imagine myself in, in mm-hmm. that space. I don't know the mm-hmm. culture. I don't know, I've never been there. Yeah. So for me, that was really first time I was doing a project or architecture where I was really like, Okay, I'm not enjoying this. Yeah.
0: Maybe missing also the human relationship yeah, with the client, and
1: uh, yeah. I think it was that missing yeah. the the tangibility of the project and yeah. missing Anderson. the human relationship and mm. missing the, the also I I I could not imagine myself even seeing it once it's finished. You no, know, it's it's right. so it's so mm. far away and and far beyond. Uh, yeah. You know, I think it's very important for me, at least as an architect, to be present, to be on site, and to 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 go on site before I start a mm-hmm. project, and to be involved and see it happening. And and I can't imagine, you know, at mm-hmm. least I could feel I lost passion when I was doing yeah. something in in that. Uh, uh,
0: yeah, when we're losing passion, we know it's, it's not for us actually. It's, exactly. Uh, no, that's true.
1: But that's the only only like. In architecture, the whole process of the of the architecture, both from the creative part to the technical part and all of that. Of course, the creative part is the most fun part. But I really do enjoy the details as well. I think mm-hmm. I learn a lot about just construction in general. You learn a lot about materials, how they work, how things work, when you're doing the de- your construction details. So I do enjoy that, but in a different way. It's more mm-hmm. like a learning curve. It's a school. It's, you're doing this. Uh, it's interesting. Yeah. The design part is more fun, mm-hmm. if I can say so. Yeah, um, and, and then it's a
0: global project, so yeah, it's true that we like every step. Yeah, very often every steps. Yeah, just to.
1: And again, I mean, I, I I am I feel so privileged to be able to do my own practice because again, it's the privilege of being able to be a part of every step of the project. Because when you're an architect working in an architect firm,
0: yeah. most of the time you're missing some, you get
1: yeah. expert in mm-hmm. one thing mm-hmm. and you just do that over and over.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: And like at big, I was fortunate enough to be put in the design team, so I was doing the design part, mm-hmm. which is the most fun part, over and over. But I did not, see, you know, you miss the following yeah. up of the project. Yeah. You know, you miss the missing the, the end. Yeah. Or the, the end. Yeah. Or the big part of it. Yeah. 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 yeah so it's um it's uh yeah
0: good interesting um i was also wondering what do you think the qu- qualities are to be a good architect if you mm-hmm. know maybe i'm i'm 20 years old yeah <laughs> and I w- thinking maybe I should be an architect oh yeah you mean that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. in general yeah it's just uh, it can be for young (laughs) young students or even today Mm -hmm. if I'm also building my house how could I choose Mm -hmm. my architect okay how should I know that this architect architect is good for me Oh, that's a good point, yeah I
1: think to begin with your question with uh, if you're a 20 year old then yeah. you're thinking you want to do architecture and how do you know if you can be a good architect or if you have the what what it takes or or whatever? I think if, I think number one, you need to have the interests. you need to want to do it. Yeah.
0: Kind of passion, passion for... yeah.
1: And then I mean, pa- because you can't know if you have passion for architecture precisely mm. when you start architect school. I didn't know. No, it was your case. Yeah. I didn't mm. know I wanted to be an architect. I just knew I wanted to be in the creative field yeah. and kind of chose architecture because I felt like that was the, the longest studies. And, you know, after that, I would be able to do the most and, you know, like kind of practical thinking. but. But um, when I started architect school, I fell in love with architecture. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, as a, as a young uh, thinking if you should do architecture or not, you need to have the passion for create to, mm-hmm. to, to create something. And if you don't need to be good at drawing, that's okay. a misconception. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be good at uh, sketching. That will come. Down the line. You don't need to be good, you don't need to know anything about buildings. That's mm-hmm. gonna come down yeah, the line.
0: You're going to learn.
1: You're going energy. to learn all that. You just need to know, you just need to want to do it because architecture is also not um, profession where I don't know. I don't know how to say this so it doesn't sound weird, but uh, it's not um, money world. <laughs> when you're an architect, I mean you're not doing yeah. it for the money. No. And you are, there's very, very few architects that become rich, Rich, millionaires. Mm. It's passion-filled. You do it for the passion. Like
0: very often, all the creative jobs. I mean, the passion always first. And I mean,
1: also, you're never going to become rich unless you have the passion. So Mm. first and foremost, Mm. you need to have the passion. You need Mm. to be doing it because you love it. And very often I tell myself that, you know, we laugh about it at the office. You know, like I, I would not be doing this if I didn't <laughs> love architecture because yeah. it's just a lot of work mm. and um, and a yeah, lot of late hours mm. and it can be very intense. But yeah, but basically to the 20 year old, just, you know, you need to just have the passion and that just and try it out to and learn the you will feel it. Yeah, don't be intimidated mm. by any skills mm-hmm. that will all come down the line, but just mm-hmm. need to have the passion. But to you as a choosing architect, like you're doing your house and you're looking for an architect and you need to find like, how do you know which one will be a good fit for you? Mm. I think, um, I mean, you can just look up architects and see if you like their style, first of all, like what they've been doing. The previous projects. The previous projects, it's always like that. So that's why it's so hard to start as an architect because Mm. you know if you don't have any previous projects, it's really hard to get clients. (laughs) But still, you know, uh, try to look for recommendations, of course, mm-hmm. and talk to someone that knows someone, and, and like especially in Iceland that yes, works really well. Quickly, yeah. But I think most important is see if you like the style, if the architect has done something before. And, and, you know, it's, of course, better that he has, better that he has some experience, unless you know him personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then meet with him. There a lot of architects offer to meet with you for free or for a very mm-hmm. little amount, mm-hmm. or, or you know if it's not for free, then very often, at least in my case, the amount goes into the project, so you're not paying more if you if you take on yeah. the project, um, and see if you fit, if you click, you kind of need to just click with the architect.
0: Okay. I like the idea to click. <laughs> yeah,
1: and and you need to you need to feel that the architect listens to you. Mm-hmm. Because as an architect, a quality, a good architect is good at listening, and he's good at understanding the client, and he's good at feeling uh, what the client wants and Mm. needs and their style, and then executing that uh, on a higher level. Yeah,
0: being respectful of the client. Yeah,
1: Because it's not about choosing the most star architect that does the most um, famous buildings, because he might not listen to Mm -hmm. your needs i'm not saying he's not gonna go do a good job no for sure he might and he he might be very good but i'm saying that i think the most important is that you connect with the with the architect
0: and as we're talking about the different steps we could understand that it takes a long time yeah so if you're not happy to see your architect very often yeah (laughs) you're not happy to phone him and to email him yeah it will be yeah. Nightmare to If get you have together. a stomachache before yeah, you have to call your architect, exactly. that's if horrible. you you just supposed to have a nice relationship, an yeah. easy one, and so yeah. yeah, you should concentrate uh, on yeah.
1: this. And yeah, have a good relationship. And I mean, I I really put an in like I put that in the front line of all my clients is that I have a very good relationship with my clients. They mm-hmm. can call me uh, whenever on working hours, of course. <laughs> but I'm never unhappy to hear their voice. Yeah. I'm ne- I'm always you know here mm-hmm. to help. I'm here to make your process easier. Yeah. I'm here to help you with your pro- project. Yeah. I'm not doing my project in your house. I'm not doing my project and you're paying for it. Yeah. I'm, I'm helping you to do your project, project and making it even better and making yeah. it easier for you yeah. and, you know, help you to make your dream house or to make your, yeah. you know, I'm not yeah. making my dream house for yeah. you. So I think this is a, uh, this is a distinction that's very yeah. important.
0: I agree. Absolutely agree with this. Uh okay, so I guess we've talked a lot about a lot of things already. Mm. I guess, yeah, I um, could have one last question, maybe I don't know something maybe crazy, but do you have something like a vision for for the future in architect? would you like to do something with a uh, we haven't mm. think about yet or something yeah amazing, I don't know,
1: yeah, I love this question because <laughs> um my expertise my masters that i took is as i said before i mentioned i mentioned it right yeah it's called master in advanced architecture and it's very thinking
0: about the future that's what the one which was not academic yes Um, exactly so we're back
1: to it now yeah and that's the one where Mm. i learned skills that um are being applied in some offices in the world today and i wish and i see as um the future of architecture i mean it is already happening it just hasn't really reached iceland yet and this mm-hmm. is maybe because of of the scale of the projects but i believe it can be applied to smaller projects as well uh, when i say smaller projects you know schools and yeah. and like you know smaller mm-hmm. office buildings and mm-hmm. residential buildings um but that yeah that's um i don't know how to get to it <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm like it's a, it's a bit technical.
1: It's a bit technical. Um, so my vision for for like architect offices in, and architects in general in the future is more the technical part of how we approach architecture and how we um, do smart architecture. Okay. And how we uh, use the technology that exists today that um, is available to us, but we're not really using uh, that much currently um to inform our design to be more sustainable and optimize optimized to environment and to um, uh, the environmental conditions and to the environment it's in and to just um, um, par you know if we can take parameters that are in our envir- in, in our in our life in our mm-hmm. environment and so this technology is kind of called um, information-driven design or parametric design. And it is um, based on using um, tools and real-time data in your initial design approach.
0: Okay.
1: Might sound a little bit uh, technical, but um, so it's a, let's take an example of yeah. weather data. Yeah. So you take the weather, the sun, and the wind okay. for example which i think is very relevant here in iceland and i think Definitely. it's surprising that it hasn't been done already and yeah. nobody is doing it i'm going to be the one doing it you so will. You, you will see. <laughs> sure. i'm sure you will but it's taking weather data like like for example the the rain and uh, sorry rain yeah not so much more the wind and the sun yeah. and applying it to your design so your design can be optimized towards these factors mm-hmm. for example wind Um, If you have a land that is very windy um, and you want to build a house there, you can use the information that are online, uh, real-time weather information in Iceland, and inform your design decisions on uh, early stage, just in the beginning.
0: In the very beginning. In the
1: very beginning, so that your initial design is... Influenced by these data and optimized to, for example, reduce wind in that area. Okay. Not to create wind tunnels. Yeah. Not okay. to create... Mm-hmm. Uh, because currently we do have buildings that are actually in designed in a way that they increase the wind in some areas.
0: Yeah, I've heard that in Borgartún, There's mm-hmm. a lot of... There's a very strong wind tunnel. And that when you're working in all these big buildings, mm-hmm. it's just so windy and pe- even i've heard that even some people are getting sick when they are higher levels or yeah yeah so it's true it's yeah just it's true because of the the building haven't been thought
1: yeah i mean i mean just in 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 that area for example i mean the building could have designed been designed differently mm-hmm. to just you know like um, the shape yes. of the building yeah. for example the shape of the mm-hmm. building can, could have been designed differently so that it doesn't take as much wind so it can have a different form
0: okay.
1: uh, to be optimized to to not take on on all the wind, mm-hmm. um, but the the uh, footprint of the building can also be designed and the and the layout for the walking people uh, on the streets mm-hmm. can be designed differently so that it doesn't create these wind tunnels because you know like in precisely in Borgatone you walk around the corner and suddenly you are like in a in a shelter and you go to like mm-hmm. extreme wind you know yeah. so the footprint of the building can we can use this information when we're designing the footprint of the building so we can try to um optimize the building to reduce as much wind as possible on the ground level mm-hmm. uh, maybe open up for some wind flow maybe blocking some places mm-hmm. that needs to be blocked instead of blocking in other places and 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 this all um, can be seen in a simulation yeah thanks uh, to the bef- you yeah get before in. you start the design mm-hmm. before you okay. go into all the detailed design instead mm-hmm. because those, these things are very hard to change after you made yeah. a design then yeah. it's just a the whole new design yeah it's design. a new project yeah. if you and so with this technology you not only um, uh, decrease costs because it also makes the project based on real data not just what you think or feel Mm -hmm. as an architect Mm -hmm. we are very used to uh, think and feel which is normal is how we have learned architecture to go to side and see okay here is the sun goes up here goes down here and we feel there's a little bit of wind and so it mainly comes from this side but with this technology, you can import the real-time data mm-hmm. into your model from the very beginning, even just when you're trying to decide what shape the building should be, mm-hmm. and then optimize it, okay. and to make the best possible possible solution for That's the really exciting environment. Yeah. And then you can, um, and it saves you time because that further down the line, you don't need to re-change uh, something or reinvent something or mm. you realize later down the line that it, this was actually not that good yeah. and you have to change it or you realize that you have built 200 square meters too big mm. or you've designed sorry yeah. 200 square meters too yeah. much because mm. in this kind of technology that I'm talking about, uh, this parametric design or or information-driven design, you can also put other parameters such as square meters. Mm -hmm. So you can build a tower that is, your design is never going to exceed 2,000 square meters or 20,000 square meters or whatever the Mm -hmm. limit is. So you're not going to end up with um, school building that was supposed to be, you know, X Big, but is like plus 500 mm. square meters, and you have to start spending tremendous amount of time to trimming everything, okay. reducing spaces, make it smaller because you're way past the square meter limit. So this applies with weather data, with uh, ra- with uh, wind, with sun, but also with any other data you can you want to input in the project mm. from the very beginning, so mm. that your project becomes more smart and. Yeah. This um, means that your design process is going to give you a lot more outcomes because you can just change the data you put mm-hmm. in and you get a new outcome and you change the data and get a new outcome. So you can get a big variety of options mm-hmm. and they're more precise.
0: Yeah, so I guess the quality of the project will be much better at the end. And the yeah. And more but sustainable, and more, and sustainable and more smart, more. The process will be quicker. Quality of life for people will be better. And, uh, yeah, and the and the process uh, will be quicker. Yeah. And. Without m- making mis possible mistakes and regretful. Yeah, and hopefully
1: less. You know mm. less. Um, you know. Um, less project to go way over budget or way over yeah. square meters or also, way over things yeah. like this because yeah. this is things you can just set in your per- yeah. in your parameters you can even go so far to set the materials mm. and set the price you know so okay. it's it's endless okay. um, so mm. for me this is this is um, what i think this is this is the next uh, mm. and and these tools i mean this is one part of what I think is the future of architecture because there's a lot of other things like 3d printing, like, you know, digital Mm. fabrication. That is another line I could spend an hour talk about because it's also what I specialized in. We've already
0: been talking for one hour. So So, so I think it's maybe enough, but (laughs) next time. Yeah.
1: But, um, this is, um, yeah, this, Mm. um, is what has to come and this is what I want to bring in Iceland. And I have, some two architects that i'm working with that uh mm-hmm. that uh we are together trying to project, yeah. bring this alive yeah. in iceland
0: Wow, well, very yeah <laughs> let's see yeah. how long
1: that will take <laughs> with this slow yeah.
0: process uh yeah it's industry a, but it's always a process but yeah what i like about iceland that sometimes when people are ready it can go also very quickly true so it's yeah. Yeah, that's what I love with Iceland. Yeah. You never know when they when it's ready, but when it's ready, okay, yeah. let's do it now. And yeah. Uh, so it's um, well, true. I true. think we've talked a lot of. Yes, of I have it.
1: talked and talked and talked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I hope you really ex- gained some nice know, it insights. It
0: was really in- uh, interesting, and uh, I think we, well, personally, I know much more about the job of architect now. And especially in Iceland. So thank you so much for all this uh, information, advice. And I'm really happy to have you with me for this uh, podcast and interview. And and of course, I hope you will have very exciting and great new projects. So that you can... uh, Hope so too. The yeah. oldest, uh, i'm sure i'm sure it's just a question of patience sometimes yeah
1: they they come they come down they the line come, and you're yeah. more, you're always i mean this field is a hustle
0: yeah but yeah <laughs> you do it yeah. the right way so it's um uh, well thank you so much
1: thank and you uh, for me.
0: yeah so see you very soon see you bye <laughs>